Anybody home? Welcome, fellow time travelers. How are you doing today? Great to hear. I'm JD, the Chief Learning Architect at Exonify, and this is In the Know, your 25-minute deep dive into the modern employee experience and what we can do to make it better. Today, we're jumping into the DeLorean and accelerating to 88 miles per hour or 142 kilometers per hour to explore the future of workplace learning. Is AI going to be our new teacher? Will we be working in the metaverse? Are we still going to be talking about skills gaps in 5, 10, 15 years from now? Well, we'll find out the why the secrets to future-proofing your organization actually lay in the past. So charge up those flux capacitors because remember, they don't sell plutonium in every corner drugstore. Of course, if you're going to explore the future of learning and development, you got to do it with some style. And I am fully decked out in my Marty McFly duds for those listeners here today. But to really pull off this whole back to the future thing, a Marty needs a doc, or in this case, a Don. Donald Taylor is a veteran in the fields of learning and talent development and learning technologies with experience at every level from design and delivery to chairman of the board. As one of the industry's most renowned commentators and thinkers, Donald is committed to helping develop the learning and development profession. This includes creating spaces for meaningful conversations like the one we're in today. That's why he shared the Learning Technologies Conference in London since 2000, hosted its bi-weekly webinar program since 2007, and contributed to other conferences worldwide. And his annual L&D Global Sentiment Survey, now in its 10th year, attracts responses from thousands of professionals in over 100 countries. Donald Taylor, you're in the know. It is great to be here, JD. I'm looking forward to stepping into that Lauren with you. Oh, oh, we're going, we're going. But first, I have to ask, as I mentioned, your annual sentiment survey has been running for over 10 years now. So what stands out to you when you look back over a decade's worth of responses to the question, what's hot in L&D this year from professionals from all over the world? Two things stand out and one rider. The two things that stand out are we are capricious, we are flighty in learning and development. We have great enthusiasms sometimes we get it right and sometimes it's just the latest shiny thing which comes past us and we get excited about it we get it right with mobile when i started the survey 10 years ago mobile was number one now it's number 15 on the list and that's right it's gone from being something hot to being absolutely standard business as usual sometimes we switch our attention because that thing was a bit too difficult to actually do curation is a classic example but the key thing for me is I also ask people, what's your biggest challenge? The biggest challenge, strangely, doesn't vary much internationally. Everyone has pretty much the same issues in L&D wherever they are in the world. Understandable, understandable. So we could talk a lot more about the results of the survey. You know, we could dig in to the numbers and look at the charts, or we could just give the past a visit. So I pulled out my very own flux capacitor for such a special occasion as today. And if my calculations are correct, when I flip the switch, we're gonna be traveling into the not so distant past of workplace learning. So for everyone watching out there, I know you may not have your very own flux capacitor. So I've calibrated mine to amplify the signal across the space-time continuum. So if you wanna travel alongside Donald Taylor and I on today's journey, just wave your arms in the air like this. Every time is this thing in JD? Is this thing insured? I'm worried. Okay, let's go. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. We are we are a solid production here at okay. In the Know. Okay. We're also on a budget, but we're making it work. We're making it work. So, Donald Taylor, are you ready to give it a try? 
I'm ready to give it a go. Come on. All right. Here we go. All right. All right. The good thing is it looks like our offices traveled through time with us. So we've got that going for us so far. So now by the sound of all of the bubbles popping out there, it must be the year 2000 right now. So that means the internet rapidly becoming a thing. And soon we're going to have the cloud. We're going to have software as a service. So my question for you is, how well is L&D handling the transition to digital? And what can we learn from this transformation to inform our future when it comes to new technology? I don't know if it's chance or planning, but this is exactly the right year to come to. Pivotal year for learning and development. Last year, 1999, I was at an industry event in Monte Carlo. We were flying helicopters in. Uh, everything was super. I literally did a tango in front of a band at the Grand Casino. The following year, I'm on a windswept beach in Northern Europe at the same event because budgets had been slashed with the dot-com crash. We weren't ready for it. We weren't ready for what was happening, in particular for the cost cutting that ensued in 2000 and with the travel restrictions the following year, 2001. What happened was e-learning was coming up just when cost cutting was coming in. The result was, hey, I know what we can do. We can take those slide decks that you normally deliver in the classroom and we can put them on a PowerPoint and send them out to people with a button to click next on, hey, that's our learning done. And we took a decade to recover from that. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you look out the window now? You can see people doing it, JD. Right now, they're getting excited about Click Next. Tell them, tell them to stop. They can't hear us, Donald Teller. They can't hear us. Great Scott, indeed. And I've just always wanted to say that. So, <laughs> what we got to do now, we got, I'm scared of this time. I'm scared yes. of this time, Donald. We got to, we got to take another leap forward. Right. So, let's jump ahead to what is going to be the next big transformation, hopefully, in the life of LD. Here we go. All right. Okay. All right. Looks oh. like we're in 2007 now. So we right. jumped seven years ahead because Steve Jobs just announced the iPhone. So millions of people soon are going to be walking around with these incredibly powerful computers in their pockets. So how is L&D taking advantage of the growing ubiquity of mobile devices? And what can this teach us moving forward? It's a crucial lesson in learning development and how the professional reacts to technology. And I'm afraid the lesson isn't a good one. We get a mobile device and we use it not as a tool for augmenting what we do, but as substituting what we do. Now, is that a, is that a genuine iPhone from then? I, I, I can't believe it is. Uh, I, <laughs> we have, we should, when we get a new technology, think about three things. Execution, evolution, revolution. Execution, does it help me do what I do now better? Evolution, can I do the old thing in a new way? Revolution, can I do the new thing in a new way? We tend to get stuck on execution. Ah, I'll use the mobile device to deliver content to people. There's so much more we can do with it. In particular, community building, sharing ideas, and getting tacit knowledge from people. Mobile device is great for all that, but I'm afraid we got stuck in the old business of simply delivering content through a new mechanism. And surely it's not going to take 15 years for us to figure this one out, right? <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, let's make I like think. a tree and get back to our own time. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's activate the old flux capacitor again. Here we go. Let's get back. 
Oh. You didn't warn me. You didn't warn me about time travel sickness, which I'm now definitely experiencing. Again, again, we're on a budget, on a budget, Donald Taylor. But I've got a problem now because it Go. looks like my density brought us to 2024 instead of 2023. So I got to know what happened to L&D over the course of the last year? I mean, were we able to overcome the nonstop disruption coming out of the pandemic? And are we focused on the right things for this version of the workplace in 2024? The answer is we're doing a great job working really hard. You look out the window, LD people are doing what they've always done. They are working really hard to deliver great training for people in tough circumstances. But here's the problem. During the pandemic, during lockdowns, LD were focused on getting the job done. Meanwhile, the rest of the world was moving on, in particular developing large language models, really exploiting AI. We come back to the world of 2024. It looks like we're in a new world we are in a new world because there's four years of development of all these complex tools and we are not ready to catch up with it yet we're actually we're playing catch up because we're still trying to deliver that's a real issue and actually all of the research is pointing to the fact that lnd is not now equipped to deal with this new world we're equipped to deliver training but that ain't where the world is anymore even the rest of the world has moved on so it's almost a situation where we just we jumped we missed by a year but it feels like a lot bigger of a leap when it comes to some of the in innovations that are happening around technology and then how the workplace is going to react to it in such a short period of time, Absolutely. as it were. All right, Absolutely. all right. I think I figured this thing out finally. Okay. So let's head back to, to 2023, here we go. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Uh, I, I think we jumped forward in time because uh, it's 2030 now, oh. so we're seven years into our few. I don't know how things work again, discount flux capacitor, but I need to know what's what's happened to workplace learning at this point. I mean, has AI, we just talked about it being advancing in 2024, has it taken over our jobs? Do we still have skill gaps? Are we living in the metaverse? So how different is learning at work today as compared to where we started our journey seven years ago? You know how it goes. We always say we overestimate what we can do in two years, underestimate what we can do in 10. Seven years, is, we should get it about right. Some things have changed, some things haven't. AI hasn't taken over our jobs. The smart people are working with AI to augment their potential. Great. Do we still have skills gaps? Absolutely. That's a function of a system where money takes the place of understanding people's value. And so we understand people's value by whether or not they're ready to do a job skills gap is a function of the marketplace. Great. I think it's, an, it's, it's a sign that we're in a healthy economy. Do we still have the metaverse? Do we have the metaverse? No, we're, we're still waiting for it. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Disappointment for many people out there. Disappointment. <laughs> but uh, a, a possible disappointment for us. I think we're starting to run. I'm not, I'm not doing a great job here today. I have to apologize. We're starting to run low on juice on the old, on the Come old on. flux capacitor. Get us back to 2023. So let's, let's give it a try. Or, I mean, we're going to be stuck out here. So, uh, so here we go. All right. All right. Did we make it? Are we, uh, let me, let me check. Let me check the phone, check the old phone. Um, all right. It looks like I have a 37 G internet connection. So it looks like we're <laughs> near 2050. We're in 2050 now. And right. by my calculations, we're still debating remote work and the Philadelphia flyers have still not won the Stanley cup again. So it's definitely a realistic future that we're in right now in 2050. So I have to ask, where does learning and development fit in the workplace 
27 years from our present. I mean, how, how do we prepare for this kind of an unknown future and the disruptions that we're likely to encounter along the way? It's impossible to prepare for it. All we can do is make sure that we are experimenting, following the right people, learning from them in order to get ready for it. One thing we can say about learning and development in 2050, nobody's producing courses anymore. The content is out there. We're concerned with helping people learn effectively and developing themselves in other ways for their jobs that don't require learning. It's a really exciting future. I can't wait for it. Would you say that as a follow-up question, is there a learning and development function at this point in our future, or is something changed about how an organization is structured when it comes to enabling people? You know what, it's incredible. Now learning and development is distributed throughout organizations. It's accepted that the, the intangible value of organizations lies within the people, and it's everybody's jobs, the individuals themselves, the managers. It's everybody's job to make sure that people are developed as part of their role. And so there's no single learning and development function in the way we used to understand it. Now it's everybody's job, but there are definitely learning development leads, but they're called something different in the future. People leads, skill leads, or perhaps just human leads. They're the people who make sure that the processes are working right so that everyone's doing their job, developing people. So would you say that potentially as our last question here in the future, does it, in order to get the organization at large to prioritize learning and development as part of people's jobs and as a continuous focus, does it require breaking the concept of learning and development out of the functional silo? It just happens. If you keep learning and development in a silo, that carries on doing what it's always done. But the recognition that people are essential for an organization means that inevitably people start doing what we've been talking about, helping people develop, learn and grow, putting in place the systems that help that happen all of that happens organically and the learning development department as a production house of courses continues to wither away while this other function grows it's not necessary not necessary to break it it ceases to have as much value as it had in the past and this new form of lmd takes over organically got it got it and so while you've been sharing i think i've learned how to actually make this work and get us back to 2023, taking inspiration from the original film, of course, which if anyone's wondering, yes, Back to the Future is my favorite movie and I can recite all of the lines, but the most important thing that I learned from Marty McFly is that when the technology is not working and you need it to do what you need it to do because the stakes are high, uh, you just do one of these. So let's see if it works. All right. All right, I think it worked. Let me let me check something Thanks. real quick. Um, uh, yes, Taylor Swift has not become president yet. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that with the whole like space time continuum thing, but something to look forward to, everybody. Anyway, we're back in 2023. That was quite the whirlwind journey. Amazing. Hopefully, you're feeling better. Amazing. Right, the no, stomach catches up. I'm, I'm pleased about Taylor Swift, but physically, I feel terrible. Okay. Okay. Good. Enough. Hopefully, you take a break after our journey today. So, a whirlwind journey. Through 50 years of L&D history, I think it's clear from our discoveries that no matter what technology we may be using or what the biggest trend of the moment may be, it's impossible, as you mentioned, to future-proof your organization. So what would you say that L&D can do today in our present to make sure that the people we support are as future-ready as possible? One thing we can't do is imagine that we have all the answers and that our job is to sit in the corner or a basement and produce courses for them. 
what we can do, and it's crucial, is to make sure that we're having conversations with individuals and with the organization to ensure that organizational needs and personal aspirations meet in a way that individuals are motivated and the company is prepared to pay for it in such a way that we've got the right experiences, processes, and support for people to develop. So that might be a course. It's more likely to be a bunch of other stuff, particularly assignments, putting them in the right team that helps them grow in the right direction for the organization because that's paying the bills. You can't be future-proof. You can get yourself future-ready by having the processes in place to ensure you're always getting rapid feedback from the organization to ensure what you're developing, how you're developing people for the next three months, for the next three years. Yeah, one of the challenges I think we, we underappreciate as learning and development professionals is the challenge of legacy. And I often talk about the fact that we work in an interesting profession because everyone we work with has an opinion on how we do what we do. I have no opinion on how my accountants do their job, right? They're very good at what they do. The money's there. They account. I'm fine with that. But people come to learning and development with preconceived notions of exactly what the solution should be or what they want or that thing that they prefer because the reality is everyone we work with either went to school or they went to that training program that one time that they really liked. They're coming in with a legacy perspective on what we do. And I think until we face that legacy head on and help people understand why learning doesn't look like school or why you know, our toolkit and our capability to enable people has meaningfully changed over the past 20 years that we just journeyed through, but maybe everyone hasn't been along for the ride with us because we, we dress up like back to the future characters on the internet and talk to learning and, about learning and development and the operations partners we have do not do this. So how can it's about helping people kind of move past that legacy mindset in a lot of cases and be more open to the types of things that we can do that can unlock kind of learning as a function to learning as part of everyday work from my perspective. You express it really well, JD. If you wanted to indoctrinate a population and pretty much the population of the planet, you would get them to do exactly the same thing between the age of five and 15. And that's exactly what we do, regardless of race, class, background everyone does the same thing and guess what everyone comes out an expert on learning with that idea that oh yeah learning means classroom and we have a world of work to do putting away from that it's why i think we need to be clear about our professional identity and say politely but clearly yeah you've come to me wanting a two-hour e-learning course on time management i'm a professional let's talk about what you're trying to achieve and how you can get there you may find a course isn't the answer. And I think the ability to say no politely is our route to success in the future. I'd be very curious if I'd be able to have that exact conversation <laughs> while wearing this exact outfit. No, you might need a no, I have an idea. Listen to the man who's dressed like the 80s. Anyway, <laughs> one place where I know L&D professionals can really discover what the future holds and how we're moving forward in, as a profession is the Learning Technologies Conference. So I'm curious, the event's taking place next week in London. What are you excited about when it comes to this event that, of course, you're the chairperson of? I'm always excited about getting together with my fellow professionals, learning from them and talking with them. There's two parts to this. There's learning and there's technology. Of course, it features technology, but it's the learning part that always excites me. So for me, it's about coming together and getting ourselves ready to face the future particularly by networking with our colleagues. For me, that's more important than anything else. We've got a great schedule of speakers at the conference. We've got a great exhibition floor. But for me, the key thing 
and it's why people come together is to meet our colleagues. Absolutely. But the, the most memorable moments for me from pretty much any event I've ever been to have taken place in a hallway as yeah. a session room. And that's as, as someone who speaks a lot. Yes, you, so, and you speak very well, JD, to be fair. Thank you. Thank you very much. So one final note that you know, Doc Brown once said, roads, we're going, we don't need roads. And I believe we have certainly blazed our own path on this episode of In the Know. So thanks so much for being the Doc to my Marty today on this adventure. And of course, helping L&D pros everywhere find their paths to the future where we can make sure we're helping everyone do their best work every day. So how can people follow your future work and how can they check out the latest insights from the Global Sentiment Survey? Best place is go to the website, donaldhtaylor.co.uk. It's all there. Awesome. Thank you so much again to Donald Taylor for taking us on a time-traveling adventure so we can improve the future of workplace learning. My friends from Exonify will be sharing our story at the Learning Technologies Conference next week. So be sure to stop by Stand J30 and say hello and check out our frontline enablement solution. If you had a Johnny B. Good time on today's adventure, you should totally subscribe to ITK. Head over to exonify.com slash ITK for show announcements and reminders. You can also check out the entire ITK collection on the Exonify YouTube channel or listen to In the Know on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to check those clocks and make sure they're not running 25 minutes slow because you want to be on time for the next ITK in two weeks. We're serving up our first ever ITK Rewind. We're all about the time travel thing here. Now, some people may refer to it as a rerun. I prefer to think of it as a rewind because we're revisiting the most watched ITK episode ever with Carl Kopp, the OG expert on all things gamification. So tune in as we play the ITK game while discussing the do's and don'ts of gamification in learning. Plus, I'm going to share a peek of everything we've got planned for the upcoming ATD23 conference in San Diego. So set those time circuits to Wednesday, May 10th at 1130 a.m. Eastern for an ITK Rewind with Carl Kopp. Until then, I've been JD. Now you're in the know. And always remember to ask yourself the important questions. Like, why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? I'll see you next time. In the Know is produced by Sam True, visual design by Mark Anderson, additional production support by Risha McCutcheon, Andrea Miller, Malia Bernard, and Megan Kay. The show is written and hosted by J.D. Dillon. ITK is an Exonify production. For more information on how Exonify helps frontline workers learn, connect, and get things done, visit exonify.com. <laughs>